Welcome to the latest episode. Did you really have to dance so erotically during that, Aaron? Come on. Welcome to the 132nd episode of News Dump, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss what we're not going to be discussing is our intro. I'm local man Aaron Vantile, joined tonight by the Chronicle's editor-in-chief, Eric Schwartz, and two empty chairs as we have been abandoned. (laughs) I think Isabel offered to come about you know, a few minutes ago, but you wanted to get started. Uh, you know, I wanted to get this show on the road. Let's just knock it out. Old school. Yeah. I'm talking like 24 minutes, 25 down in the, the old photo dungeon. Just uh, just, uh, just how she started. <laughs> People do forget how this, this old podcast got started. It's Tuesday, February 28th, and we're back after a week off. Schwartz was unavailable as his old case of the flood legs flared up. But he is back and healthy now. He's he's got shorts on, <laughs> looking great denim shorts. Oh yeah, just letting these gams just just breathe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, do we want to start with the today's big breaking story, or can I read my headline? I really enjoyed. Uh, go ahead and read your headline. You really enjoyed. This is not a local story, and we're not going to get into the story. But it was posted on Cronline, and the headline is just Washington man, thirty-five, loved his dog, the outdoors, and his mother, who is accused of killing him. Yeah, it was one of those headlines that took a turn. Like you said, Spokesman Review, um, they, they they do some good headline writing over there. Um, and it's not a local story, but it is was a popular story locally, at least when well, we that headline, shared how could it. That headline, how could it not be? Um, yeah, it's a woman admitted to uh, killing her son, cutting off his head, and dumping his body in Whitman County. And it's a, it's a wild ride, as one would assume. Search the headline on Cronline, and you can read all about it. Or the Spokesman. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get into the breaking breaking news? Just so you have a chance to use that sound effect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, Supreme Living Housing Facility for Sex Offenders from McNeil Island will not be happening at the site near Maytown, north of Tenino. Uh The company announced that today. They said due to resources and expenses associated with land use requirements, it will not proceed with providing supportive housing services at its Tenino property. Tenino uh, one sex offender zero. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say so. It's the county as well. I think it, it, the way they worded it, it sounds like Thurston County coming down and saying you don't have this building built correctly or zoned properly for what you want to do with it. Yeah, because um, that was the last news we got. They never had their first resident in February, and now it sounds like they won't. Um, they won't have any at least at that site. Um, Derek Sanders, I thought uh, Thurston County Sheriff came in with a helpful comment as well about an hour ago where he said it is imperative to convey to the public that Supreme Living runs a number of successful and much-needed supportive housing programs in our county, and we particularly appreciate the mental health housing service they provide uh, for those uh, needing assisted living. So it's not like this uh, facility isn't going to go anywhere, and we're going to still, we being Emily Fitzgerald, a reporter, is going to keep her eye on the ball and see where they propose moving them next. Okay. Possibly to the Wanch Prairie. (laughs) <laughs> Not in my backyard. <laughs> um, next, our first real news item, as it appears on the notes, uh, accused Onalaska mail thief arrested with more stolen mail and also drugs after failing to appear in court. This was Amber Rushton, who is facing 30 different felony charges for allegedly stealing a ton of mail. They arrested her again on Saturday at Walmart, I believe. I believe so. We just got the block number, but it was that area. And added 11 new felony charges because, you're not going to believe this, she had mail in her purse when they found her, and it was not hers. And then a little fentanyl in her bra when she was booked into jail. 
So she'd been arrested in January and posted the $10,000 bail, though every commenter seemed to think this was quite low. Those commenters resound, uh, <laughs> responded to this one with the resounding, well, well, well. Uh, one of the hearings she was supposed to attend was February 16th, and she didn't show up. It was rescheduled for February 23rd, but her attorney said she was unaware of that hearing. Perhaps the summons was lost in the mail. <laughs> that's too, that's low-hanging fruit, bro. I, <laughs> I like the idea that her attorney was like, well, you know, people in that area have, have, a, have been having a lot of trouble with their mail being <laughs> stolen, so she probably didn't get it. <laughs> uh, Judge Jolie Yeager set Ingram's new bail at $100,000 on Monday saying not only did she fail to appear multiple times, she's alleged to be committing new criminal law violations. I have a lot of concern about her being released. Whomst could have seen this coming if only someone had the power to prevent it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in many ways, the commenters that you mentioned um, have, I mean, their concerns have been validated by everything that have happened. Because mm -hmm. at first they were like, you're really going to just let her go for like that much massive theft? And then, you know, after she didn't let the police in right away when they came to search. Yeah. Uh, she kind of gave every uh, indication she was going to be a problem. It was like, <laughs> she, she might as well have stood up in her first court appearance and just said, look, I'm a repeat offender. What I do is a... <laughs> offend the law repeatedly. I'm going to steal more mail. you got to lock me up. I got a note, too. Her name is actually uh, Amber Ingram. Amber Rushton was the name, uh, one of the names she had listed online. I imagine she has possibly need for multiple identities. Um, but also inside her purse, I, you might have said this, but I min missed it, there was uh, at least three access devices and a notebook containing several people's personal information, including their social security numbers, um, so she wasn't just looking for coupons, uh, to be clear. She's uh, yeah. looking to rip people off. And um, I don't know. We could guess why. It's probably related to the drugs, I would assume. <laughs> but, man, what a wild story. When, when we saw that she hadn't showed up for court, and Emily uh, went to do an update. None of us guessed it was going to be mail again. <laughs> like We thought drugs or like failing to appear in church or in uh, church in court, probably in church, too. Oh, maybe. Uh, but, yeah. Shales police spotted her, tipped off the sheriff's office, it sounds like, and uh, yeah, and she's going to be in jail unless she can post that bail. I don't know. Maybe it's like a, like a full moon thing where like, like a wolf man, like the full moon comes out and she's just like, ah, got to get out there and steal some <laughs> mail. Itch. I hope they don't put her in the mail room over at the jail. <laughs> Good one. Not bad. Uh, next news item, Mystery Shroud's Boysford Blueberry Farm is County Questions Housing Setup. This is Dr. B's Berry Farm out on Wildwood Road, and it's about 800 acres, but the owner says, uh, Dr. B, I guess, says they've only got a half dozen or so people there working it, but maybe there's a lot more, question mark? And if there is, and it does sound like there is, it's suspicious. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I think this kind of came up in a freewheeling discussion with uh, Lewis County Public Health, and I think uh, Isabel, who wrote this story, is going to have a follow-up on it later. Um, but we did, she did speak briefly with the general manager out there. There was some cell phone connectivity issues that she detailed in the story as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it wasn't just this place. They were talking about in general, like migrant workers, they can't really, the county can't really control or evaluate yeah. the situations there. Um, so I think there will be some more helpful follow-up on this topic. I was amazed that there was a blueberry farm of that size out there. I knew it was there. I didn't know it was as big as it is. Um, which you can see in Jared's drone photo. Uh, yeah, I wasn't, I don't think I'd heard of that one either. It's brawling. You know anything about blueberry farming? 
No, me either. I, <laughs> you have to bend down to pick them up. That's, That's what I was wondering. I don't horrible. know if machines, uh, you look at this size of landscape, and I'm thinking in my head, I don't think that many people could harvest that effectively. Um, but maybe there's some machinery, I'm assuming, of some sort. You know, shake the a, bushes. A blueberry picking machine? Yeah. Like a blueberry thresher? Yeah. But it's smaller. It's thinking more like a Dr. Seuss-like hand with a white glove on it. It's like yeah, kind of like that, like a go-go gadget arm kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, next article, breaking from Olympia, state Senate bill would exempt newspapers from B&O tax for 10 years. Long applause there. Yeah. Big fan of that money. Uh, state Senate bill would let newspapers deduct publishing-related activities from the state B&O tax. Currently, they get a 0.35% preferential rate, but that expires in 2024. The new rate would go into effect, and I, I assume to fill in in 2024, mm-hmm. and then last until 2034. It's mostly Democrats supporting the bill right now, but Senate Minority Leader John Braun said he thinks it'll see support from both sides. Quote from Braun, Republicans support the First Amendment and believe a free press is critical to a healthy public discourse, he said in a statement sent to the Chronicle that it arrived along with his biweekly column. Not true. Those came on separate days. Uh, I want to say our delegation in Braun specifically has been very supportive of the Chronicle as far as our coverage goes. Um, and you can't say that for every Republican lawmaker these days or any lawmaker in general ever um, as far as attitudes towards the press. But from him and Wilcox, uh, anyone we work with, Peter Abarno, um, we get nothing but support. And as you know, we only have uh, Republicans representing us in the legislature in Lewis County. Um, so that's helpful. I... I, I did go to Olympia along with uh, a lot of newspaper folk on the 16th of February, and this was talked about. Bob Ferguson came out and talked about it a little bit, if I remember correctly. Um, and uh, it sounds like it's definitely going to pass. It sounds like not everyone will be super happy with any specific you know, industry getting a, such a specific tax break. But um, I think to support local journalism in these challenging times, it's a good idea. Um, the legislature also has a bill we learned about where uh, they're going to work with WSU to place uh, two to four, I think, uh, fellows. So journalists, they have like to be Kilgore? journalists. Yeah, uh, and they'll pay them $55,000 a year, and they have to, they'll attach them to newsrooms and then grow the period over time. Um, and this is, would be funded by the Miro, uh, the Miro Center over there, their journalism school, basically. Um, so there's a couple different efforts to, to, to help local journalism, which I think is useful. Yeah, you could, you could get Kilgore in here. Broadcasters weren't happy, though. We were meeting uh, with the broadcasters and the editorial people, and the leader of their uh, lobbying group, I believe, uh, had some very direct questions for the AG as to why they were not included, and he gave them a very direct, let me talk to you about that after I get off the podium. Uh, when the guy representing the broadcasters was asking these questions, did he have like a foghorn? I wish he did. I wish he, I wish he had headphones on and a microphone like a that wasn't hooked into anything. Sad trumpet. <laughs> Uh, other news locally, Hall of Famer and former Supersonics coach visits Centralia for autograph signing. George Carl was in town. He was elected to the Hall of Fame last year, and he visited Kuiper, Kuiper? Keepers? Keepers cards in downtown Centralia yeah. for an afternoon to meet enthusiastic fans and sign autographs. George Carl, coach of the coolest NBA team to never win a finals. Yeah, I'd say so. I think so. Yeah, it was cool. Well, they said they were going to get somebody, or they, the owner of Kuiper's Cards, which is right downtown. You should check it out. I don't think we have anything else like this anymore in Lewis County. Um, that he was going to get more names in the future. Potentially, George Carl will come back again at some point. I don't know if he lives around here or what. 
He, I think he does. I know his son-in-law was the head coach of a River Ridge basketball team a few years ago. So he's, you know, he's yeah. got some roots around here at least. I, I still haven't made it in there yet, but I, I hope to soon. Do you have a, you have any card holdings, any investments in, uh, in, in uh, cards? I've got a, a thick collection of Marvel comic book trading cards Huge from nerd. 1992, 93. Those I've are, got the full hologram sets. Those are worthless. How much are your cards worth? <laughs> I, I don't dare pull them out for fear of damaging them. You got the, <laughs> My 89, attic. You got the 89 tops, Ken Griffey Jr. Everyone has the 89 has. tops. I had like two or three. <laughs> no, I don't have any cards that are worth a whole lot. A lot of them are worth something to me. And at one point I looked them up in like a Beckett back in the day and was like, huh, that's a $100 card right now. But I would never look now because I don't think they're worth them much at all. I don't all. think they are either. Yeah, I bought too low. <laughs> uh, next news item. Tonino boasts prospects in meeting with Congresswoman. Uh, Marie Glusenkamp-Perez was in Tenino, and recurring guest and mayor Wayne Fournier put on his finest quarter-zip pullover and rolled out the red and black carpet to impress the new congresswoman. He showed off showed off plays, plays, points, plans. That's what was supposed to be in there. Sorry, typo. He showed off plans for the Southwest Washington Regional Agricultural Business and Innovation Park. Really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I believe that's called swarb, <laughs> which is the sound that the uh, the cows make at the slaughtering business that's going to go in there, <laughs> which Wayne said would bolster the entire region's ability to produce local meat. It'll also have an office for the Thurston County EDC. Uh, Wayne just on a roll. Quarry pools, butcher stations, selling their poop for profit. Everything's graded to Nino, and don't look at the police force where there certainly aren't any officers under investigation for being fired from an old job and then taking a payoff not to sue about it. Oddly specific. Oddly specific. If only there were <laughs> something going on in Tenino. Uh Yeah, King 5 had a great report on the officer you're speaking about. Uh, they did an investigative deep dive, and I don't think anybody's caught up with them yet on the coverage, including us, but we do hope to have something in Thursday's paper on that situation. Wayne did release a statement. He did, saying he'd been taken off, uh, I don't know, the part of his job he wasn't good at. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> seemed like a, a big old loophole there. You got to think some of these small towns that have always had to look out for bad officers like this are going to yeah. have to be like extra diligent now with all the agencies throwing around these big bonuses and uh, yeah. retainment shit stuff. Well, and also like in Tanaira's defense, didn't they hire a third party like, I think investing so. to, to look for this kind of thing? And they're like, oh, nope, it's all good. Well, you know as well as I that, like, the cities around here over the years have hired, like, Prothman, not to insult one specifically, but that's one I can remember, like, these uh, recruiting firms, and it's, like, they do everything, and it's, like, exhaustive and tireless. They look under every rock. The only thing they don't do is Google and look at the first page of results. (laughs) Like, it it always (laughs) amazes me. We've had, like, three or four uh, police officers, I believe a transit director, that all it took was a simple Google, and it popped right up, and then you ask them, and they're like, well, it didn't hit our radar. (laughs) God. Yeah, I, I, I just can't wait for our next uh, like George Santos-esque story around here where somebody's like, actually, I uh, built the Chronicle by hand. It's like, no, he didn't. They're like, he's hired. Yeah, Chad, too late. That. Yeah, everybody knows. Uh, next item. Lewis County 911 begins seeking to separate itself from county governance. Would that we all could. I just heard like uh, the revolutionary flutes play when you read that. <laughs> <laughs> Drummer boy. The 911 Communications Division is currently considered a Lewis County department, meaning it is overseen by the Board of Commissioners, 
The division's combined user committee, which is made up of representatives from local law enforcement and fire agencies, voted to move forward with a change in governance. I can't imagine why. Uh, 911 director Jennifer Libby Jones said there's support on support both on the county side and from all the user agencies to make this move. They'd put a sales tax on the ballot to fund their operations, which is sort of like asking your friends for a little cash so you can move out of that house you live in with a significant other everyone hates and start fresh. And it would take a tax, right? A B&O tax, yes. Yeah. Like a, that's your sales tax, right? Yeah. I liked uh, how the director pitched it as this will actually allow us to gather some funding from that I-5 corridor, those passerby tourists that come and shop at our centers. You know, she was like, Doing the old nose rub towards Seattle and Portland, like double <laughs> both ways. We'll get we'll sucker those guys into funding the foot in the bill. Yeah, um, That's where all the criminals are from, anyways. Am I right? Uh, yeah, they all come from out of town. <laughs> Ain't no homegrown criminals around here, especially nope. not stealing mail. <laughs> especially not. <laughs> anything? Uh, anything else on the news side you want to? Uh, I posted a story just about an hour ago that you have already. Uh, noted. Well, first of this one uh, on the Marie Gluson Camp Perez. We also had a story in today's edition on Shale's tribe seeks pension for officers. Uh, basically, wants tribal officers to be treated like federal officers when it comes down to benefits. And that was exactly what we were talking about as far as they uh, having trouble recruiting. I assume, like anyone else would be having. But the one we had briefly discussed was the Jim Walsh bill allowing. Family burials on private land in this bill, which you've often said he doesn't have bills that pass, passed unanimously out of the state house. People are ready to dig some graves, my friend. We got a live one here, boys, he said. (laughs) Um, No, it's, uh, yeah, his quote is, one of the great traditions of living in the West is the ability to bury your family, and when the time comes, you're, well, you can't bury yourself, anyway, on land that you or your family owns. Um, I don't think that's just a Western tradition. I think that's kind of a worldwide thing, really. It's about the West, man. He even uh, capitalized the West, so. Yeah. Uh, what, does this include, would like, be proud. like, Viking funerals where I don't know. I shove you out? And- he specifically says there's stuff in there to prevent, like, uh, you from saying, my house is now a cemetery and you can pay me $10,000 and I'll let you bury them here. So you, there's a, there's workarounds for that. Uh-huh. Um, I, you got to think it's a pretty tight bill if it passed 95 to nothing in the legislature. That doesn't. There's usually at least one or two people that are going to vote against it. Well, usually that one or two would be Wool Walsh. Uh, he <laughs> true, true. He did say the idea for this bill came from several group, groups, including some tribal members living in my district. Um, it means a great deal to them and others across the state that would like to have better options when it comes to private. Property, family burials. So, Aaron, can I can I bury my family at your house? Uh, yeah, just like don't tell me where. I don't want to, <laughs> you know. Well, my family will be burying me there, so that's <laughs> yeah, how it'll go. True, more likely. Uh, other than that, let me let me just take a quick look at Cronline here. Speed of a, speed of this. Uh, WF West wrestlers, which you were going to have in the sports section in Alec Dietz's sports section. That's true. Uh, they went before the Shale City Council. It looked like they had a great time. They brought the whole gang, not just the state champions, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then the rest of the news is not that not as fun. Some clam digs coming up. <laughs> All right, we can we can take a break here. 
Hi, this is Jacek from Summit Funding. Here's what a recent client is saying about us. Hi, this is Chad Taylor. Have you been thinking about purchasing or refinancing your current home? The team at Summit Funding is the best in class. Looking for a conventional FHA, VA, USDA, jumbo, or even a reverse mortgage? Trust the team at Summit Funding. Corley and I did, and we couldn't be happier. Thank you to all of our past clients. If you have any questions, give us a call at 360-330-4037. All right, we're back. It's time for segments. First up, Tales from the Takes page. And we got a whopper from the previously mentioned Jim Walsh. You've just been salivating for this one. Headline, a clear and present danger to constitutional rights. He references You're Tom use Clancy this voice through the whole thing. and his red scare to talk about taking up violent, bloody arms against anyone even attempting to think about placing limitations on violent domestic extremism. This is a perfect example. He's so against it, he's upset at the mere mention of a framework for responding to domestic violent extremism. If you even think about stopping hate speech, the guy in the yellow star at David will be there to protect it, damn it. He's really onto something here because there's obviously been no highly televised examples of violent domestic extremism in the last two years, one month, and three weeks. And certainly nothing he was around for on a smaller scale in Olympia around the same time. Yeah, he was kind of a voice of reason at that time. The fact that he was a voice of reason telling them, like, not to storm the Capitol yeah, or whatever. he was somebody they would listen to. He was speaking to them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like... Yeah, I think him talking to people who are having some really bad ideas and this is a person that they respect and that they see as being on their side and telling them not to do the bad thing is a good thing. Like it's still, opposite from like Donald Trump did. He wasn't like march on the Capitol, no. you know what I mean? But still the people with the terrible ideas were like there to be, we're going to go listen to Jim Walsh. Yeah, I mean, I think you just there. Anyways, I'm, I'm stepping all over your bits. You can finish that up. No, that's all I had on it. Uh, I told you, I shared that while I not, might not be as adamantly opposed to Jim Walsh, who I must note did not advocate for taking up violent and bloody arms against anyone who blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Um, I do think he hits good points in that you're, you're getting mighty close to criminalizing speech and expression. Um, it would depend, of course, on how it all played out, how the enforcement was, you know, how closely are they keeping track of you because you advocated for something uh, online that someone else can choose to describe as domestic violent extremism, which is a new term, um, at least in the legislative speak. They don't define it in the legislation. Mm -hmm. um, so I get that. So having said all that, I won't state my opposition because I'm not necessarily opposed. The Washington Policy Center... Uh, which leans right, as we all know. They would tell you that they're uh, just a policy center, but I think they do lean right. Um, they did a write-up on the on the bill that said it would criminalize thought and expression under an invented category of offenses called domestic violent extremism. Attorney General Bob Ferguson requested the bill in order to prosecute some people for words and speech rather than violent acts, and I would say, I won't go through the rest of the list here, that would be my main concern, because you know I'm an absolutist when it comes to Freedom of speech. I think you should be able to say whatever you want, no matter how stupid it is. Um, yeah. Saying and acting are two different things. Uh, you, but where does... I, I guess you have to draw the line at like what constitutes a threat. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I agree with that. As long as the lines aren't drawn in any way politically, like to say that because you hold this point of view, which is prominent in your politics, then um, we, we think that you should be arrested. I guess an example would be while I detest the lie that the election was stolen, I think someone should be able to say it, even though it can be damaging. I don't think that person should be charged with a crime just because I, 
I find their position reprehensible and not supported by a shred of evidence. Um, but I think in America you have freedom of speech and you should have the right to continue with that freedom of speech. I, I, I understand that argument is similar to the guns, like Second Amendment yeah. uh, shall not be infringed, and that would be the same argument people made there. I think I feel about my speech like many feel about their guns, Aaron. <laughs> well, just keep lobbing those bullets at me, buddy. Um no, it's, I mean, the more, my opposition to Walsh's column here is more about him acting like violent domestic extremism is some some unfamiliar term and it's just like a catch-all for anything that the left doesn't like when in reality, like any time they've had ahead of it, major national intelligence agency in front of Congress or whatever and said, what is the biggest like threat out there? They'll say, oh, it's violent right-wing extremism. And like, that's pretty clearly what this is aimed to prevent or maybe nip in the bud or at the very least make people and the people that can do something about it aware of. And it's kind of concerning that even the hint of maybe doing something about that causes Jim Walsh to write an entire column about how it's a terrible idea. Well, I mean, he, here's one of his points. He said on that term, which I think he was saying has not been defined in the legislation, which is very important as you likely know that you have to define what almost everything means in order for there's the a lot bill of busy be work in writing. Bills, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he says the new term echoes, quote, domestic violence, and many people fall for that echo, but means something else. What exactly does it mean? House Bill 1333 doesn't define the fashionable jargon clearly, but the concept seems to include use of, quote, disinformation and misinformation and, quote, early signs of radicalization. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hasn't really been dis- determined what those terms mean, but there's a commission that's going to be pulled together that he believes is just stacked for the AG and... Um, I agree with you, though, completely. I think, especially on this topic, it would go a long ways in either direction to just say, you know, it was awful that people marched on the governor's mansion. It was awful that people stormed the Capitol. It shouldn't have happened. They should be prosecuted. Mm-hmm. But I disagree with this legislation. It seems like you have to kind of thread the needle to be like, not mention any of that. Um, and I, I agree with you that that kind of gives them up. It gives that a pass. I... Like it just got pulled out of thin air, the man trying to put his throat on your neck. Yeah, um, I don't know how much of an endorsement against it it is to have Walsh, whose last time in the limelight was, again, being raked over the coals for the Yellow Star of David incident. Oh, he's done other stuff since then. You don't give him enough credit. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I I think it it would be a more impressive move on Walsh's part to be like, here's what needs to be you know, clarified or fixed about this to make it a workable solution other than just shaking his fist at it. I agree with you. Uh, I, yeah, this was not completely related, but it reminded me that when we were in Olympia for legislative day, um, the two parties in the state legislature are polite, professional, and more or less kind to one another in the same Mm -hmm. rooms. And that was like really refreshing to see. And Denny Heck, the Lieutenant governor, former Congressman, gave a, what I thought was a pretty powerful like Q&A session, um, and I, I will get the wording wrong, but uh, he was comparing Washington, D.C. with Washington, and he called Washington, D.C. basically just a hellhole where you're not going to get anything done ever, um, and Olympia still can function and, and do things, and I was encouraged by that. Yeah, so, yeah. Walsh is a... Would you, you would consider Walsh extreme, I assume, right? Uh, on some things, but it's all performative. Like I got gotcha. you. I don't think he's a lunatic. I just I just think in his uh, like public attempts to appeal to his 
voting base, he tends to go overboard when maybe, you know, you don't need to do that. You could just go normal board. You don't need to, you don't need to speak in all capital letters. You can just, you know. No, I agree. I mean, he did flip that district, though, solidly. Yeah. He was the first, and then it has fully gone, fully gone red. Uh, Exclusive pe- commentary, though, by the way. He sent it directly to us. Oh, wow. Only going to read that in the Chronicle, baby. <laughs> Maybe the Daily World. I don't know. <laughs> you going to share it with the Daily World? <laughs> Michael takes what he wants. Uh, do you have a People's Champion of the Week? The one I have on here is from our abandoned notes from last week. Ooh, we had notes that never got... Stillborn notes? Uh, yeah. Um, For sale, podcast notes, never read. I mean, let's just go ahead. You had the Dahlia guy on there? Yeah. Dahlia superstar, Shayla's man gets national attention for flower gardening. I like that one. I yeah. thought that was good. Didn't he? He made a like a Nuwakam branded Dahlia, uh, something to that effect. I don't know. I didn't read it. This is a week. I I read it, but it was a week ago. Uh, the readers loved it, so for that reason, I think he can be our he could be our hero of the week. Sure. I'm scrolling here to see if there's something this is better. Wayne Loba, sixty of Shayla's. He works as parks maintenance director for the city of Tumwater. And he's president of the Federation of Northwest Dahlia Growers. I mean, we could take Bob Ferguson for that sweet B&O tax action. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't shared that one on Facebook, uh, but I have a feeling people are going to have some takes on that. I can imagine. Uh, let's see. Sirens Banger of the Week. This isn't a banger. This is just kind of disturbing, and I didn't you, have when anything When it's not a this. banger, why don't we just call it a crime story of the week or something? Uh, crime story of interest. Centralia murder suspect released pending autopsy of victim and forensic testing. Uh, we're not going to get into all of it, but a judge signed an order of release on Friday for the 25-year-old Centralia woman, uh, Elodie Paolo Ojeda Mirendo, arrested as a murder suspect earlier that week. They had a 72-hour hold to establish probable cause, but the prosecutor's office was waiting on autopsy and forensic reports. <clears throat> and they basically had to let her go. Um, and this was the... Third instance this year where a homicide suspect was arrested and released pending charges. Uh, and that is not counting the Aaron Christensen case. And that's so, like all those three cases have in common, too, not to dive into all of them, but one of them involved a, a young a baby dying. One of them was a, a woman allegedly uh, killing her husband. And this one's just all over the place. Um, I think Emily did a good job of trying to include everything from court documents, but it is kind of a whodunit. Like, mm-hmm. uh, sh- the suspect called the police to report that the stabbing had happened, um, but basically, like, she had a cut finger, there was a washed knife in the sink, um, and she was a little coy and asked for an attorney, which I don't think should get you arrested asking for an attorney, but then kind of kept talking, and they felt that they, the police felt they had uh, probable cause to arrest her. And the judge called it flimsy, if I believe, or thin. It's a very thin case. Um, And then she produced another name, uh, Eugenio, and said that um, it had actually been him that stabbed uh, this this gentleman. Um, And so it's kind of kind of wild. It seemed like it was a lot to unpack. The cops felt like they had a suspect there. Like it seems practical to me that you would bring that person in and let the lawyers do their jobs. Yeah. Um, but I know I just highlighted this cause of the larger trend of people getting arrested for murder and then never heard from again. Like there's a lot of, it just seems like a lot more of that is happening lately than it did before. Uh, certainly this year, but there doesn't like, that's why I pointed out there. There's not a whole lot in common. I don't think, I mean, 
maybe there's not enough police there, and maybe there's not enough detectives. Who knows? Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think these <laughs> they're catching them. Like yeah. they have well, I think them. like Aaron Christensen is different. Obviously, like I'd yeah. love to know what the hell's going on with that case. Every day we get our would. prelim reports. Every day I open it thinking we're going to see the name of the suspect in that death. And every day passes. I can't imagine the family doing the same thing. Um, like. There's either going to be like a, oh, hell, or like an oh, shit moment when the documents come out and everybody's mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, that's why it took so long. Or like people are going to have some like explaining to do, I feel like. I mean, we're going into March. This happened in August. We're rounding yeah. the bases on this crime. Like We, we had a name in yes, August. Yes. So Maybe not August. but um, That's not to disparage any of the investigators or prosecutors. It's just as a member of the public. It's like, what what the hell's going on with that? Could be we a little more forthcoming with Maybe hold a press conference. I don't know. Yeah. Tell us something. Uh, or just, you know, get ripped in the comments of every subsequent murder story that goes yeah. unprosecuted. Which is what Then they're happened. piling up. Yeah. Disturbing amount. I agree. We're, we keep, we're keeping an eye on it as soon as we have updates on any of those cases. And I do mean as soon as we will have an update on cronline.com. Uh, unrelated, I have jury duty this month. <laughs> I told you. My wife does, too. Uh, another member of the newsroom also has jury duty. All right. Well, we're all going to be in there. Uh, yeah. Who's doing all the work while this happens? <laughs> uh, Facebook comments of the week. I meant that at home and at work. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing any work at home. Uh, yeah, let's do it. This commenter on the latest instance of a murder suspect not being in jail. People should really remember all these murder suspects roaming free and a teen boy is incarcerated for stealing a loaf of bread from his parents when it comes time to vote in our next elected official or to vote in our next elected officials. That was another story that I wanted to get to, but it was a couple weeks ago and it was the interesting, the kid that was arrested. Yeah, and you can say kid, but that's selective use of kid. He was a legal adult. Uh, he was 18. Living on the property, it sounds like, but barred from entering that house. One of those uh, uh, stories where you just know there's more to it because uh, read it on its face and it's like it doesn't make a lot of sense. You have to imagine there's some history between the guy and his parents. Yeah. But yeah, he went inside, got food, and was charged with a felony. Yeah. Um, yeah, weird story. Uh, on a re-shared, re-shared photo from Packwood of some elk downtown, congratulations, comma, good photo. You know what? I agree. Good work. That's Good work fine. by you personally. <laughs> I have found that the Oakville fans, they just appreciate the coverage. So even if it's a loss or something, usually all the responses we receive back are fairly positive. So. Like this next one on a story titled Oak Acorns Dominated by Number One Welpinit. They lost by almost 40. Commenter just says, way to go, Acorns. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, there's a picture of a bird eating a worm. And this commenter says, that's how it's done. Which makes me wonder, you, you suck a lot of worms, Brad? Yeah. It's a pretty cool photo. That was Liz, Liz Hill downstairs. Yeah, she did good a good, photo. good job on it. Uh, on a history photo of a man in a tree, this commenter just says, okay. <laughs> well, you can't disagree with it. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, on some older photos of the Morton High School mock trial team competing in the annual YMCA mock trial tournament, this commenter says, don't upset our commissioner's sensibilities with posts like this. I didn't understand that one. Really? No. The Morton High School mock trial team. I don't know. You might have to explain. The annual YMCA mock trial tournament. Oh, I missed the YMCA. My bad. I completely missed the YMCA on that one. We will have more YMCA coverage coming up. Yeah. There's another hearing. We can't wait. Um, and on the latest mail thief story, uh, I would like to point out that within three hours, this story had 163 comments. Uh, first commenter says, damn, you really want to go, 
you really want to go to Little Purdy, don't you? I got some first class mail that you can have. Uh, Purdy is talking about the women's prison. It's in Purdy. It was, it was, it was wild. Uh, and then another comment. She got less bail than the boy who stole food from his parents because he was hungry. Our prosecutors and judges is damn naive. Just plain stupid. Is this Seattle? Keep these losers off the streets. Uh, I had a more positive one that I shared uh, that I threw in here. We, sh- we shared a picture of a, was a snow goose, snowy goose. Uh, it was a white goose that was just with a bunch of regular geese. And it very much stood out in this photo we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and people liked the photo a lot. Um, turns out that type of goose will do that if it loses its own and it'll just gang up with the nearest squad which i really respect um but we had the comment great picture we are all the white goose we are all one of one never before and never after we were all uniquely created to be one of one we should embrace our differences and celebrate them many choose to divide us in difference to conquer which was pretty heavy for a photo of a goose that was a lot but it was good i appreciated it sure uh, anything else you want to mention that's coming in the next newspaper? Uh, not the next newspaper, but I did want to say, you know, I, you know, I don't like to give you attaboys, Aaron, but I really enjoyed the last sports dump. And if you are a news dump listener and you don't listen to the sports dump, you should give it a try. Um, I think uh, state play kicked off today, right? So a lot of your takes won't still be relevant, but if you uh, go to state kicks off tomorrow morning, I think okay. the first game we're worried about is Tumwater girls. I can't remember who they're playing, but they're at 9 a.m. And then there's a couple more games at two uh, and then games throughout the day. We've got, I think, 11 teams playing between the 2A girls tournament, 2A girls and boys tournament in Yakima, which is where Josh Kirschenbaum is covering games. And then the 2B and 1B boys and girls tournaments at the Spokane Arena, which is where sports editor Alec Dietz is covering games. You can follow them on Twitter, and I'm sure they will post updates on Facebook and cronline.com. We'll have all kinds of good stuff. I have to highlight that uh, his transportation to Spokane was, for the very first time that we're aware of for a Chronicle reporter, Chad and Coralie Taylor have flown him to Spokane. The first time a Chronicle reporter has ever been ever in a been plane. in an airplane, ever <laughs> been in an airplane. No, the first time for coverage though, that was Coralie's idea, and uh, it turned out to be a great idea as the passes are getting hit pretty hard with all this snow. Uh, you know what? I would make sure I had if I was getting hit by a lot of snow. Oh man, we have uh, a roof over your head, a very oh, good roof over my head. Almost missed that. I would visit theroofdoctor.com, and then I would set up an estimate or a. a I don't you know. know. Do you have that kind of money for an estimate? I, I I have just enough because the estimate's free. Wow. Roof doctor makes house calls. I'd call them up, say, hey, can you come look at my roof? Make a call. And they'd be like, sure. And they'd be like, give me this on the down low for free. Your roof sucks. <laughs> you should fix it. <laughs> you need a new one. And I'd be like, well, I can't afford one, but thank you. And they'd be like, no, no, it's really reasonable. And I'd be like, okay. Well, Isabel's uh, testimonial last week was, or last time we podcasted was quite powerful that they once gave an estimate that wasn't as low as a competitor and they brought it down to the competitor's level. So, and if you don't believe me, Aaron or Isabel, you might think about the words of Lee, the most recent five-star review on the roof. Another five-star review. Who Lee says had roof doctor replace roof on my garage. The crew were very professional, showed up on time. Cleanup was perfect. Big out, big shout out to Mr. Keith Brent with his, quote, no-pressure estimate and great communication skills. Five stars. 
you can call The Roof Doctor at 736-0246 or visit theroofdoctor.com. We're happy to have them as a sponsor as well as Summit Funding. Um, it was a close one. That one, almost missed it. Almost blew our contract. But anything else you want to you wanna add? Uh, food inspections back in the paper on Thursday, baby. They've been gone for a couple of years. Uh, the county has been great about continuing to send them uh, once they brought them back after the pandemic, and we are finally back on top. So we have a, on nearly a full page of food inspection reports. Wow. From January and February. People are excited about that one. Are you going to listen to the song, Since You've Been Gone, as you proof them by your favorite artist? I would be listening to it anyways, Aaron. Kelly Clarkson. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.